This episode is brought to you by Smart Food. What makes Smart Food so smart? It's Air Pop popcorn, tossed in white cheddar cheese, only 70 calories per cup, a notorious black bag of popcorn deliciousness. You are what you eat. Welcome to the Smart Club. Shop now at snacks.com. On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no. She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner. Doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Welcome to WrestleWolf. I am Dr. Damien Gibson, and this is our end-of-year award spectacular. Welcome to the Woofies. And uh, joining me, as always, I couldn't do this without him, is uh, the man who only deals in kayfabe and now awards, Matthew Kayfabe. I've got my tux on. I'm so excited uh, to talk about what I think is the best and the worst of uh, everything to do with wrestling. I even have some uh, positive things to say about companies we don't talk about same (laughs) same so it'll be interesting to see uh what the categories are who wins them well you know essentially you'll get there's two awards being awarded for each category one from matthew one from myself so uh you know of all the wrestlers who will be listening to this episode you know if you don't get a matthew wolfie you might get a damien wolfie that sounds weird Uh anyway (laughs) Um, I just want to be clear that I won't be giving any woofies directly to wrestlers. <laughs> um, <laughs> old ring rat Gibson over here. Yeah, I'm a ring rat. <laughs> I'll give a I'll give a woofie to <laughs> whoever <laughs> comes my way. Oh god. Oh man. Well, we started. Anyway, we've, look, this we've, has got off to a really bad start. We're wearing tuxedos. <laughs> um, you know, mm-hmm. the things things well, have look, already. My top half is a tuxedo, but I'm wearing a. a, a a cocktail dress. Oh, well, you have to be. Half. You have to be prepared for a wolfie. So <laughs> exactly, you know, open things up like that. Well, these awards are no longer called wolfies. Um, so <laughs> um, what if, like, I genuinely, I don't really have these feelings a lot of nostalgia or, or thinking back. I kind of spend a lot of time thinking about the future, but not much about the past. And I had this moment while I was sort of doing this list of like, this year has been really fucking long. <laughs> and the amount of time that I've spent at home, either, you know, working from home or whatever the case may be, um, you know, staying away from the world so you don't die. Um, I've watched so much wrestling, it's not funny. This would be the most amount of wrestling I've watched in any year. And then we started doing this as well. So it just completely blew out how much wrestling we were watching but i've got to say like it was probably the one thing that um well not the one thing but as far as entertainment goes it was it was the a a constant that i could rely on to sort of escape the world for a long period of this year um, yes which i'm really grateful for yeah thank you for continuing to run shows in a way that is probably like iffy health wise like seriously because, like, I can't imagine how fucked this year would have been if I couldn't have watched Dynamite. Yeah. Yeah. Or even just <clears throat> even just the other YouTubers and stuff like that. Like, 
I'll give a shout out to like Cultaholic, um, Simon Miller on um, What Culture. Uh, just hours of, you know, watching watch along videos with those guys watching Raw, you know, <laughs> because there's not, I mean, they're very good at what they do, but also there was like, you know, nothing else to do because you're at home. So it was like, oh, I could watch Raw live. Oh, I can watch Cultaholic watching Raw live. <laughs> Stuff like that, that, you know, um, yeah, just just great. So I just wanted sort of to say that off the top before we start getting stuck into people and being really nasty and, <laughs> yep. and rude, that I really appreciate everyone who has put themselves out to make, you know, this weird, wonderful thing that we that we love. And I only appreciate uh, Vince McMahon and his company for continuing to put on shows. Thank you, Vincent. Um, uh, Matthew K. Fape has joined in, uh, has signed an exclusive deal, a developmental deal with um, WWE during the week. So uh, all of his um, category winners will be from the WWE. Yes, obviously. <laughs> Should we get stuck into it? Let's do it. All right. So the first category we've got is the Triple H Award. <laughs> Triple, yeah, Triple H Award for the most meaningless win of the year. Um, my uh, my Triple H Award goes to Gronk for winning oh the twenty four seven championship wow. at WrestleMania, <laughs> <laughs> and then losing it like oh. two weeks later. We didn't see him again. I actually really enjoyed WrestleMania this year, and I thought they did very well for the weight of expectation that's on WrestleMania every year. They did a really good job of putting it over the two nights, nicking that from Wrestle Kingdom, but whatever. It mm. worked. The one thing that was like, what the fuck is going on? It was Gronk. It was like, Gronk's coming, Gronk's coming. Then he showed up and was like, hey, I'm Gronk. <laughs> then won the 24-7 championship disappeared did not come back on tv from what i remember and then did like a tiny little vignette with r-truth like three weeks later where r-truth dressed up as his um like gardener <laughs> took the 24 7 championship off him and then because literally two days later he was gone from like his contract had been ripped up he was like going to play for the buccaneers or something well that's yeah that he had a contract he was supposed to be a wrestler like, I don't know, like, obviously, like, we don't follow, uh, we don't follow American football, uh, NFL. Um, so, like, maybe he's a massive deal. Like, maybe this would be the equivalent. Like, how would you feel if uh, they were like, hey, uh, this WrestleMania, we have uh, Paul Ruse hosting? <laughs> um, <laughs> I would fucking love that. And then he becomes 24-7 champion and never <laughs> appears again. <laughs> uh, guys, if you want to win the twenty four seven championship, you got to visualize. I mean, you've just got to. You, you, it's just not going to come to you. You've got to go out and take it. They uh, they could do a lot holding worse a clipboard having... and a pen like on the couch. Oh, the, just just for just for context for our non uh, Victorian Australian listeners, uh, Paul Ruse is former Fitzroy captain and also a Sydney coach. Hmm. Yeah, I don't. I don't acknowledge anything that he did outside of Fitzroy. Um, <laughs> so <laughs> next up, um, we have the. Uh, I've named it. This might be a little harsh, but I've named it the Cesaro Award for best C plus player. Ooh. Uh, but when we say C plus player, we don't. We don't mean it in the sense of like the authoritarian mm. against Daniel Bryan. No. Uh, we mean it in the sense of like 
mid-carder, right? Yeah, like this this person is fat, great to watch, a great part of any show that like whenever like their segment comes on, you're like, oh, great. But you're also not like, wow, I want to see this person face Kenny Omega or John Moxley. Like hmm. you just you you want them to you know entertain you for ten minutes in the middle of a of a show. That's the way I took it anyway. Yeah, that's kind of how I took it as well. I might be, yeah, a little bit more loosey goosey with my <laughs> with my winner. But you, who who have you got for the Cesaro Award? Kenny Omega. No, um, I've got John Silver. <laughs> John Silver. Yeah, that's that's a good that's a good and nomination. He's so good. He's so funny. He was not someone that I knew anything about uh, and now I'm completely obsessed with him. Uh, I just desperately want him to put out a shirt that is wearable and not Dark Order based because uh, I will buy <laughs> the shit out of it. Um, I love his story at the moment with Hangman. Like it's, it's And it, I think it does a lot for Hangman to hang around with a guy like John Silver and show that he can do things other than just be big cowboy badass like or you know whiny millennial cowboy depending on the or alcoholic cowboy uh it's nice for him to have a non-serious storyline is what i'm trying to say and john silver's the perfect conduit to the mid card <clears throat> yeah well anyone who knows me knows that i don't like any anything but serious wrestling and um i think it's a real mistake to have uh, kenny omega hanging around with a couple of doofuses like john silver and whatever his little mate is hangman page not kenny omega what did I say? Kenny Omega. Look, it's all about Kenny Omega on this episode. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, look, I, I, <clears throat> I can, um, I like John Silver, and I'm starting to warm to the Hangman Page and 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 uh, Dark Order stuff a little bit. But um, I think it's just because I want Hangman Page to be a top guy. You know what I mean? Like, I want him, I want him to be champion and be champion for a long time because I just think. He'd be great at it, but I think um, we got to let Kenny be champion for a while, and then you know, well, let yeah, that storyline I mean, build. <clears throat> I am really enjoying this, um, enjoying that at the moment. Um, my <laughs> my Cesaro award goes to Sami Zayn. Oh, that's I mean, that's fair enough. He's a he's a mid carder. He's yeah, been very well, interesting. He was the he was the uh, I, I didn't mean for all, all of these to be WWE. But they've <laughs> kind of turned out to be. He was a, a great IC champion, kind of heel, Bobby the Brain heel type character, with uh, Shin and Cesaro at the beginning of the year, uh, and then when the pandemic hit, he was one of the few wrestlers to be like, oh, "I'm out of here," uh, which made me like him even more. Um, but he got the IC belt taken off him, and then when he came back, uh, he did that great thing of, like, I didn't lose the belt. Uh, had his own IC belt that he walked around with for a bit, actually won the belt back um, in a match. Like, he, I think it was Jeff Hardy where he handcuffed Jeff Hardy to one of the pylons, and then yeah. he got counted out, <laughs> um, which was a new and inventive thing that I hadn't seen in a match before. And he's just super funny and charismatic. And the thing is, he doesn't... He's still kind of doing that Bobby the Brain wrestling. Mm. But he can be... He has the ability to be one of the best wrestlers, like in-ring performers on Earth. Like, yeah. he has been that guy before. So, 
Um, there's a part of me that every time, you know, I don't watch much of WWE anymore, really at all, except for pay-per-views. And when I do see him, you know, he's a guy that I'm like, oh, God, I wish he would go to New Japan or AEW. Hmm. You know, so it was something, well, a, let's be honest, AEW. So he was on a show that I was watching weekly. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I would like to see Al Generico return from the Mexican orphans and have another few matches, but we'll, you know, we'll take what we can get, unfortunately, which is Sammy being treated like shit. Yeah, I'm only going to get to see once a month, but I mean, <laughs> the fact that he has a belt is amazing because he went five years of mm. with nothing. So, I mean, the guy was just on the pre-show. They had Big E, Daniel Bryan, and Sami Zayn on the, the TLC pre-show, which is a, you know. Oh, really? Yeah. It's... Jesus Christ. They've got no idea. They've got no <laughs> idea. Anyway, uh, the next award is the Brothers of Destruction Award for Best Debut, Return, Ooh. or Re-Debut. <laughs> This is that's a that's a good. I didn't know you were going to title that one. Um, that's that that is a good good award. So I I think to be honest, uh, if if this were to be the worst, which we're not going to do, it would be Miro. Uh, just just to throw that out there, just to just to throw in a little <laughs> secret uh, award. Uh, have your Wolfie Miro. Um, <laughs> the. Uh, I think there's only really one serious option here, and it's uh, Tribal Chief Roman Reigns. Ah, oh, right. Okay. Yeah. This was a yep. hell of a re-debut. Uh, you know, Paul Heyman, uh, him coming out looking like an absolute murder man. Um, you know, him. his character's completely different. He's uh, obsessed with... You know, being the chief, tribal chief, the chief. Uh, you know him torturing his cousin. Uh, him, he just had a, a remarkable match with Kevin Steen at TLC. Uh, I think Roman Reigns is, as far as re debuts go, that was a, a hell of a re debut. Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I didn't think of it as a re debut, but it is. Yeah, no, um, that's a really good one. I've got. Uh, I've got one that happened uh, right at the beginning of the year, and I, I think it's you know, people can forget about it. But we were we were watching this together. It's Edge at Royal Rumble. So I, I considered uh, Edge here. the 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 only issue with Edge was that things got really grim really quickly. Yeah, I, for that actual moment. You know, oh, when it, yeah. like, like there were a bunch of us watching it in a pub. And as soon, I mean, because we had all been talking about it beforehand. Mm. We were all watching it together, right? I didn't imagine that. I don't know. At Dave's pub, right? We watched Rumble together. I, I, I don't know. I, th- I assume, I think so, yes. Yeah, because there were quite a few. There were, oh, God, I can't remember. Maybe that wasn't. No, we did. We definitely did. I was watching it with. Anyway, <laughs> I was watching it with someone at Dave's pub. I can't remember who was there. Um, but as soon as you heard the, you think you know me, like mm. the people in the pub went crazy. The people in the crowd went crazy. Uh, Michael Cole went crazy. Edge went crazy. Uh, and then, you know, he immediately got emotional. Uh, and then everyone else got emotional. Like that, 
in itself. And then when the when his theme hit, which is arguably one of the better themes of all time, mm. um, even though it's not really music that I would listen to myself. No. Um, Although you know, it just it it may it was be, just a magical moment. It really was. It may be one of the best themes of all time, but it's not even Edge's best theme. Like the Red Red Groovy by Rob Zombie <laughs> is a pretty sick song. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's a he's a music guy, so it's, it doesn't surprise me that he has good mm. themes. You know, you can tell who has shit taste in music by yeah, by Randy the themes, or um, yep. Uh, <laughs> I do I do have another one, Ooh, what, what uh, you got? which is um, not like I'm going to give it to Edge, but it was a close run thing. Uh, Sting. Yeah, so I thought about Sting as well. Uh, and, like, I didn't read the spoilers. I was like, holy fucking shit, that's Sting. Like, this is such a meaningful, incredible thing. But he's also a 61-year-old man. So that was sort of my, you know, this isn't Sting returning to the impact zone in 2005 uh, where he's still got, you know, a lot a lot of juice left in the tank. Yeah, but I, I think, like, and you were the, the person that pointed it out to me, the way that they're booking him, I, I'm really enjoying. I was, when I saw him, I, the, my first instinct was like, holy fuck, it's Sting, I love Sting. And then I was like, oh, no, he's really old. I don't really want him to wrestle anyone, mm. like, unless he can go, but he's been super injured and, like, all yeah. these doubts came into my head. But him essentially being, like, the conscious, mm. like, the, you know, being the um, moral compass of, of AEW so far, I've really enjoyed. So, um, but I'd, I'd probably go with Edge just for that, for that Raw Rumble moment, and and did do some pretty good wrestling when he when he came back. Even you know that uh, the match at WrestleMania was probably was that the great no hang no, on no that was later confused. the greatest the, the the match at wrestlemania was there was terrible. the hardcore match at wrestlemania yeah, that was that the was last terrible. man standing that was but that went for like 40 minutes right yeah yeah um and i love edge so i'm giving him a bloody award there you go there you go uh next up we've got the terry funk award for the wrestler who should have retired <laughs> at the beginning of the year i'm, I'm not even going to preamble this the undertaker like oh fuck that's good like look yeah bone boneyard match was fine but you know it it is to be honest a little bit overrated and um yeah i like he doesn't look like someone i would want to watch on tv and then they spent the rest of the year progressively destroying the character of the undertaker until yeah. he had the most underwhelming uh retirement ceremony that they built like it was going to be an angle and it was actually just him being like, hey, you've seen me hanging out with my wife and kids and making breakfast. I'm going to go do more of that. Peace out to you, uh, WWE Universe. Rest in peace. Yeah. Uh, that sucked. Yeah. Um, well, it's because Vince signed him to a 15-year deal for squillions of dollars and so they, they're getting their money's worth. You know, but it's it sucks because uh, whether you're, I mean, pretty much everyone is an Undertaker fan, right? It's just sort of levels of yeah. Undertaker. You know, you know, uh, everyone respects him, and and you know, um, it's been. I think it's been harder and harder to do that over the last ten years when you have really been like, fuck, just retire, man. Like for God's sake, 
you know, or at least reinvent yourself in a way where we don't see the foibles of your physical ability in the ring. Mm. And like that, that's why I think people were so happy with the Boneyard match at WrestleMania because it's the perfect, yeah, you know, the perfect ending, like defeating AJ Styles, who will be a Hall of Famer, you know, eventually in impact. Um, <laughs> in impact, maybe WWE. Um, yeah, it was just kind of perfect. And then it was like, hey, do you want The Undertaker to come around and be the clown at your kid's birthday? Well, he'll do that. Uh, do you want a cameo from him? Check out Undertaker on fucking TikTok. Hmm. Check dancing out- to The Weeknd. Check out like, his OnlyFans. What only is fans. going on here? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> have you ever wanted to see The Undertaker wank? <laughs> well, here you go. <laughs> After he comes, that's when he's like, rest in peace. <laughs> his eyes roll back in his head. He's, he's like, rest in You think he's done and then it just he sits back up. <laughs> yeah, then his penis sits back up. <laughs> wow, we're talking about The Undertaker's penis. Uh, what was yours? What's your, Who do you think should have retired? Uh, look, uh, no one, anyone who listens to our podcast is not going to be surprised uh, here. And this is actually me being nice because I had this guy in another uh, section. <laughs> it's Christopher Daniels. Yeah. Well, you, you think that he obviously, instead of retiring, should have been forcibly drowned by religious extremists in a river. Yep. Um, in 2007. <laughs> yep. 100%. Fuck off. Please go away. Now, I actually, now that I've watched a little bit of Impact and know, like, some Impact history, it's like, ah, oh, this is why everyone loves these guys, because they were Impact dudes. Yeah. I mean, he was going to be the the leader of the Undertaker's Ministry of Darkness until uh, Vince what? McMahon. That's that's the fallen angel Christopher Daniels was going to be the, uh, the secret power or whatever the fuck it was called, the hidden power. And right. uh, then Vince McMahon saw him and was like, this guy's tiny. No. And then Vince McMahon. Uh, it was him, Austin. It was me. It was me all along, except it was Christopher Daniels. But it was me. <laughs> yep. Uh, so, so yeah, there you go. But, yes. Just I in the sense it's... of, like, because he doesn't, let me quanti- like quantify it. One, yes, I don't like SCU. And it's probably a little bit irrational. But it, he just looks, one, I hate the Freddie Mercury shit. Like, I just hate that. What is that? What is going on? I don't understand. Are you meant to be Freddie Mercury? You're just a Freddie Mercury fan, you know? And then of all the bands on earth that you've picked, you've picked the most generic rock band. You might as well be John Bon Jovi <laughs> coming out to the ring. You know what I mean? Like, I, f- I feel generic when I say my favorite band's the Beatles, but you're coming out as Freddie Mercury. Like, Jesus Christ. And then when you're in the ring, you look. he looks old. Like, he looks so old. Yeah, and people are so like, old. he can still go. And like... As someone who has no, like, no prior allegiance to him, and I'm just basically watching him for the first time all year, or basically since Dynamite started, I was like, who's this guy? Why is he here? Yeah. And nothing's changed in 12 months. I haven't been like, oh, I see the value of Chris Daniels. He seems like a really nice guy. Everyone loves him in the locker room and all that kind of thing. Mm. So I can understand wanting to have him around for those reasons. But him him and Kazarian constantly showing up in and around the title picture in AEW... Needs to end. <laughs> Needs to end really quickly. I think Kazarian legitimately can still go. Uh, 
not a great rapper, but can still go oh, in the God. ring. Um, Christopher only Daniels. just got over that segment. Christopher Daniels you should remind go me of it elsewhere. Yeah, maybe like he seems like he can talk and stuff. So maybe as a commentator, you know, something like that, or as a backstage coach or something. Yeah. But just not, just not wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Chris. Uh, next up, we've got the yeah. Let's get let's. Let's do this now. We've got the Jack Swagger Award for the worst wrestler of the year. Ooh, that's a this is a big one to come this early. It's not that early, yeah. but it's early-ish. Uh, I am so confident in my choice uh, for this. Uh, it's this person is a sack of shit. Uh, they are terrible to watch. They eat up. Uh, programming on a show that could have, you know, Brian Pillman Jr. or, you know, all, all kinds of, you know, m- just more Ray Fenix in the ring. They could have more Park, mm-hmm. more Eddie Kingston talking, you know, Britt Baker's uh, waiting room segments. They could do all of that stuff and instead they've got a balding, fat QT Marshall eating an apple. <laughs> uh, he's had actual storylines based around um, him. Whatever photo he's like, whatever Cody has done in the past is disgusting. But Cody, yeah. you need to own up to your own behavior and you need to get QT Marshall off my television. Uh, that's a threat. Um, yeah, you've got to, you've got to David stop Blenheim. threatening people in these. No, I, I like it. I like you being the enforcer. <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah you've got a david letterman this man you've got to get out in front of it stop letting qt marshall blackmail you into becoming like an actual wrestler um he he's actually my pick as well like a, so like- this is our first <laughs> this is our first uh joint <laughs> joint awarder <laughs> of the same you guys know what i mean like brandon cutler's bad but like he doesn't like he's not there it doesn't matter. He's just he's not on TV. Yeah. Whereas he's on he's on BTE, and that's fine. That's where yeah. he should be. And QT Marshall shouldn't even be there. He should be no. He should be dead. Um, <laughs> that's how. Where's Randy Orton when you need yeah, him? Yeah, that's exactly right. He's so unentertaining. Like that. That's they should the only the only storyline I want to see for QT Marshall is literally Lance Archer kills him in one of his weird mm. forest segments. Yeah, and eats his face. Yeah. So we know that he's definitely dead. Yeah, yeah. And, like, they actually have, like, real ambulances come and do the, like, you know, they're like, he's he's gone, and then we get, we follow them to the cremation. Um, it's like a package, so it's cut together. It's about five minutes because that's all I really want of QT. But we really mm. know that he's not coming back. Yeah, we need to. We need to know that. I just want QT Marshall's family to know that they should be ashamed <laughs> of being associated <laughs> with him. And TK, we're starting to become quite powerful. You know, I mean, where people are starting to listen to our podcast for some bizarre reason. So you know, we'll you keep putting QT on the show, like we'll 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 fuck up your show. We will. <laughs> We'll fuck up your audience. Proud boys. We'll make people watch. Stand we'll down. Make, we're so charismatic. <laughs> we're so charismatic. We'll make people watch WWE. Oh, God. We won't, 
but we will suggest uh, to our audience that no, they... we absolutely will not. But we'll no. just we could we could just watch NWA instead of Dynamite. Yeah, well, that's if they they NWA don't know what they're doing <laughs> at the moment. Man. <laughs> you know that this week's Shockwave was the last one. Oh, there's so there's three. There were four, and it's done. <laughs> <laughs> what a stupid show. I oh, know. Imagine, imagine making Nick Aldis <laughs> a champion. Ah. Hey, hey. Um. <laughs> That's sorry, I was actually changing from QT Marshall to Nick Aldis. Oh, whatever. <laughs> uh, next up, we've got the Dungeon of Doom Award for Best Faction. So I came up with the idea of doing this award, and then I thought about it, and I was like, phew. Like, you can't really put a three-person uh, group as a faction because I was like, I guess best friends in Orange Cassidy. Um, but it's I, it's the inner circle, but only because the Undisputed Era... Like, if this was 2019, it'd be the Undisputed Era. But uh, mm-hmm. the Undisputed Era haven't been much of a faction. Um, either of the inner circle. Like, it's just... Uh, I think the inner circle for the first six months of this year were really good. I guess they had the stadium stampede match, and that was yeah. exceptional. Um, they're better than the elite. And they're still... I think they're still good now. It's just like there's this MGF story hmm. going on, and it. I don't know. For some reason, it's just not popping the same... You know, maybe our expectations were higher than they should have been yeah. for, for that. But So is inner circle your pick? It's my pick. Right. Um, well, my pick is Retribution. <laughs> Why? <laughs> no, I'm joking. Oh. Uh, it's uh, Orange Cassidy and the Best Friends. I didn't oh, realize really? that that wasn't a faction. Well, I've just... That's a faction, right? Oh, I guess it is now, and I, re- I regret my pick. I didn't realize three people couldn't be a faction. I guess three people could NWO be... was a faction. They were three people. They were three people for about five minutes, and they were teasing the fact that they were secretly more. But anyway, I see your point. I'm going to allow this because I don't have any control and I don't want the uh, audience to see how powerless <laughs> I really am. Um. No, well, I can't. Um, all right. Well, if we're not doing three people, then uh, I'll do uh, Evil Bullet Club. <laughs> no, I think I think Best Friends and Orange Cassidy is a legit. I think they were. were they're yeah. a legitimate faction. They're yeah. always together. They help each other out, that kind of thing. And they're not it's a not just team. like. Yeah. Um, you know, I would have gone with, uh, uh, oh, it's a, yeah. I mean, there's the Kingston boys, but they've been a faction for about three weeks. Yeah. And they already have had a breakup story or a split storyline. Yeah. yeah so two of them have already they're, left. They're not. No, I'm going to stick by, I'm going to, st- I'm going to stick, stick by my guns and, and say OC and the best friends. Great call. Who, uh, they're like, I mean. There's been a lot of sort of success stories of people who weren't doing, especially in AEW, people who weren't doing that well at the beginning of the year who have, through the pandemic, managed to get themselves to the top of the card. Britt Baker would be one of those. Um, Hangman Page is probably another one. Even Kenny Omega, you know, which sounds strange given that, like, it's Kenny Omega. But um, but I think Orange Cassidy and especially the best friends were... Remember that period where there were like four episodes in a row that were all filmed in the other? Yes. Like training center. I think that might have been QT Marshall's training center. Um, but they only had about twenty wrestlers to 
to work with and Jericho was on commentary and stuff. And that was when, for me anyway, watching the best friends wrestle quite a bit, I was like, oh, these guys are really good. I mean, I'm sure anyone who'd been watching indie wrestling for the last 10 years would have been like, oh, duh. But I hadn't seen them before. So I sort of fell in love. I already loved Orange Cassidy and I liked the best friends hugging. It's like a five-year-old, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, over the course of the year, they've legitimately become probably my three favorite wrestlers Although that changes every five minutes, but they are definitely up the top <laughs> of my three favorite wrestlers in AEW. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great pick. Um, next up, we've got the Hulk Hogan Memorial Award for Best Heel Slash Face Turn. R.I.P. Hulk. Uh, the Young Bucks. We wanted them so desperately to oh, be fuck. to be heels, so desperately. Uh, they didn't give it to us for so long, which is such fantastic heel work. And now they mm. did, and they're sick. They're so much fun to watch. Uh, kicking commentators, being assholes, uh, they're tag team champions. They're great. They're exactly what they should be, and all it took. Like, this is 1996 Hulk Hogan, where you're like, my God, this man should not be a face. Like, this is unbearable to watch this person be a good guy. And then as soon as he turns, you're like, ooh. Yeah. This is good. Uh, that's a really good pick. I didn't even think of them as a as a as an option. Mm. But as soon as you said, I was like, ah oh, fuck yeah, that's the most obvious. Well, maybe not the most obvious one, because I think I've picked the most obvious one, which is Roman Reigns. <laughs> yeah. Well that's I mean, I, I obviously picked him uh for best re-debut, which is essentially a way to have said, you know, the the reason why that was great was because he that de- re-debuted as a heel. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you can have the two, yeah. I've also like just noted down uh evil in New Japan, which I know not we don't really do any New Japan stuff, yeah. but um he was a good guy for a really long period of time and then yeah like the turn was great and uh people were like it happened at basically the first live event where people were allowed back hmm. um and and the poor people in the audience were so upset that evil <laughs> turned and joined the bullet club but anyway, he's called evil um, how can he be a good guy he's called evil in new japan what's old japan you know what i mean anyway sorry like <laughs> got about three minutes on new japan is there an old japan like, <laughs> um but roman reigns he'll t- i mean we, you were on the old podcast that i did with with some other friends as well and i felt like that show became the turn roman reigns heel show like it yes. was just every episode we did was like next up we've got roman reigns when the fuck are they going to turn this guy into a heel he needs to be a heel like i mm. think we fantasy booked it at least 25 times. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when it actually happened, uh, I was legitimately happy. And <clears throat> he's um, he's great. He's great. I love how quiet he is all the time. And so when he does actually get angry and, and sort of almost like a bear, you mm. know, he sort of, he's always sort of sitting down as well in all the promos that he does. So when, when he gets up and, and, projects it, you're actually like holy shit this guy's fucking huge and yeah. terrifying <laughs> no it's great he is great as a heel he really is as a heel he's fantastic and paul Heyman as his you know weird little sidekick is awesome as well um all right we're starting to get up to some big awards here uh the next one is i don't i don't have a, a name for it so if you think of one on the fly feel free uh, story of the year. 
the Katie Vick uh, story of the year. Um, the the answer is Kenny Omega. Uh, just all I've written is Kenny Omega. Uh, his journey in 2020 has been the story of the year. Uh, and now he's sitting on Impact Wrestling with Don Callis in a bus calling Carl Anderson Gunner again and again and again and doing pretend uh, gunning. Uh, it's great. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, I mean, you kind of think at the beginning of the year, like the, ta- I mean, for the first six months of the year, it was, but, well, I suppose, like, actually, yeah. It's been Kenny versus Hangman the majority of the year, right? And now it's Kenny versus everyone else and getting the Bullet Club back together. Although that seems to be an impact only <laughs> thing, but we'll see. That's cool. Um Yeah, he really has been. And I I I thought about picking Kenny, but I I have one that I think sums up I don't think you're gonna like it, but I think it sums up the what I like about wrestling. Uh, and it's the Otis Mandy storyline that concluded oh this year with Otis oh getting together with God. Mandy. <laughs> oh, you picked the best wrestling storyline of this year. This is this mm-hmm. is your serious. You're giving Otis a wolfie right now. Yeah, a hundred percent. Because it was actually written really well over a long period of time. Oh God, the listeners are right to not and- respect you. Uh, dude, I think a lot of them will agree with me, and I'm sure if you look at a lot of people's lists at the begin at the end of the year, this storyline will come up over you know over and over again. No, the no. thing that I feel it will a hundred percent. Well, I know for a fact that Cultaholic have it on theirs. So they're wrong too, and the listeners hate them too. <laughs> yeah, the hundreds of thousands of people who watch and listen to them on a weekly basis. Yeah, well, people go to them. Donald Trump. Wrestling rallies as well. Like, just popularity doesn't matter, Damien. It was a fantastic, soapy wrestling storyline that does not happen enough. And it's what WWE, WWF used to be amazing at was like watching these Jerry Springer soapy storylines. Well, spoilers for the 2021 Wolfies when you're like, uh, the culmination of the uh, Kip Sabian Penelope Ford uh, Miro uh, romance angle. Uh, maybe I will for. Oh God, I can't believe this maybe, has happened. Maybe I will, but let me let me break it down even further. Please, it put Otis it put Otis over, right? So Otis Otis and Tucker were just like a okay tag team that had come up from NXT. But people started to fall in love with Otis because he was just this bumbling guy who loved Mandy, the girl of his dreams he was never going to get with her. It put Mandy over because she was this nice girl who just wanted to go go out with a with a nice guy. She didn't choose Dolph. It helped Dolph get back into any kind of even just mid-card picture because no one gave a fuck about Dolph Ziggler. And Dolph Ziggler is amazing at being an arsehole, especially when there's any kind of woman involved and ultimately it gave birth to heal Sonya Deville who is one of the best talents on WWE full stop look that is a uh, incredible incredible gymnastic performance uh, 
for you to justify your terrible pick for it's story true. of the year. That all of it's true. You can't deny anything that I said. All of that happened through that storyline. And it was told over a long period of time. There were there were actual plot points to it. I mean, as much as there can be in a wrestling show. And when they got together, it was just a nice feel-good moment exactly when we needed it after everyone on earth had been locked down it was nice to see someone who's not considered like the most handsome guy in the world get together with a very vince mcmahon looking woman in mandy the fact that it was done in wwe at all felt like a triumph a a a triumph for the for the ugly gentleman who who yeah. hopes to for the chubby ginger uh ginger bearded um guy who loves ham you know <laughs> yeah I, I genuinely love this story man I genuinely love this story I knew you were going to pick Kenny Omega so I had to go with the second story and this I I was still watching WWE regularly then, and it was one of the few things that I actually looked forward to seeing because it was one storyline that was done over a long period of time. Everyone who was in it was in it and doing like giving it a hundred percent. And it put everyone who was in it was put over except for Tucky. And now they're, uh, you know. And Otis is uh, Otis won money in the bank and cashed in and became champion. Uh, Mandy Rose, you know, is, is still a regular and a real quality performer on TV. Uh, Dolph Ziggler, you know, putting in week after week. Uh, That's the thing. They just like they they could have like there was so much momentum coming off that storyline, and then they just they separated Mandy and Otis. Dolph disappeared. Sonya Deville had some horrible things happen in her personal life, which kept her off TV. Um, but it did. There was a uh, Sonya and um, Mandy storyline that was actually pretty good. But then things happened with Sonya Deville that stopped that from happening, unfortunately. So I, I will. I'll defend this until my dying breath. This decision. Fair enough. Well, look, you've you've made some you've made some good points. I. I, I I I think you've 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 gymnasticked yourself into uh, this tiny box, uh, but you know, at least you tried. You made some good points. Uh, I'm glad that you enjoyed the Mandy Otis storyline more than any other storyline this year. Yep. And I look hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. Not not even ironically, like just loved it. Um. The man, we're already up at some. It feels like I've missed something because, like, I'm like, oh yeah, these are these are massive uh, awards. The next one we've got is pay per view of the year. I've got uh, full gear, uh, opening with Serena Deeb defeating Allison K for the NWA World uh, Women's Championship. Kenny Omega defeating Hangman Page for the shot at the AEW title. Orange Cassidy defeating John Silver, Darby Allen defeating Cody Rhodes for the a the TNT Championship, Sheeta defeating Nyla Rose in a really underrated match, uh, the Young Bucks beating FTR uh, for the Tag Team Championships. There's a 19 minute uh, distraction uh, 
of Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara that are probably, you know. Oh, no, this is the Elite Deletion match. This was good too. Ha! Yeah, it was. Um, MJF uh, defeating Jericho, which, you know, was fine. And then Moxley, Eddie Kingston, which was one of the best matches in AEW. Like, whether, you know, I think that they managed to somehow keep Eddie Kingston's character alive while making him say I quit to John Moxley. It was a great pay-per-view. Yeah, it was. And um, that was one of my two choices. And so I will go with my second one, which was WrestleMania this year. Almost all my bloody things at WWE, which I did not want. Uh but <laughs> we, we, we literally yesterday were like the the like isn't it exciting that you know the podcast is doing so well when we don't talk about WWE? Yeah, I know, I know, but I can't. I've got to be honest. I can't lie. You know, it was my second favorite pay per view for the year after fucking. <laughs> like I looked through the AEW uh, pay per view. I was just like, I've got to be. There's got to be something that they've done that I like more than WrestleMania. But I didn't like. The reason why I picked WrestleMania is the uh, the Boneyard match, which I really enjoyed, uh, especially at the time. I was like, oh, that's you know, that's fantastic, the way that they booked that. I loved the Firefly Funhouse match, which I know has copped a lot of flack, but I just thought there was so much, like, inside yeah, baseball that was, shit I in there for, for marks that was so funny and so great. And the fact that John Cena completely swallowed his pride and allowed mm. Bray Wyatt to basically book him... <laughs> however he wanted and to lose to Bray Wyatt at WrestleMania <laughs> um, was great. And there were also matches like uh, Sami Zayn versus Daniel Bryan, which is, if that's not a Damian Gibson match, I don't know. I don't know what is uh, the Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins match where Kevin Owens did the, you know, sort of like cannonball off the WrestleMania sign <laughs> was pretty amazing. Uh, you know, um, Oh, that was the Otis. That was where Otis defeated Dolph Ziggler as well for end of the best story of the year. Yeah, in April, Mandy storyline. Yeah, I just read. Oh, and Drew Drew McIntyre beat Brock Lesnar as well. And the night beforehand, and this is this is one of the great. Oh, and then the big show. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, that was bizarre. But also, Braun Strowman Braun Strowman won the WWE Universal Championship of Goldberg for some reason. Oh yeah, I forgot yeah. about that. <laughs> like that's it shows. Holy uh, shit, he did too. Yeah, I would also say that probably the match I have enjoyed least this year was on that. And I agree with you. Like that WrestleMania, particularly the Cena match, um, probably is the you know the second best pay per view, maybe third best because All Out was so underwhelming as well. Hmm. Um, but like to, I actually enjoyed TLC significantly more than WrestleMania or not maybe not significantly more but I enjoyed I thought I thought it was a really really good pay-per-view like I thought everything on it was excellent but uh it didn't include 37 minutes of Edge and Randy Orton um yeah, which that was, was yeah. that was the match where I that I sent all of my text messages to messages to all you guys about what had happened so far yeah. <laughs> that was my break time where I was like ding, 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 ding. um yeah, it's weird for, like, such a uh, wrestle-filled year mm. and a lot of, you know, so much that I've loved, there weren't a huge amount of pay-per-views that I was blown away by mm. by any company. Like, all of the AEW ones except for 
Um, oh God, now I'm going to go blank. Uh, the one where Matt Hardy almost died. Yeah. Which one was that? I can't remember, but that was bad. Yeah. But you guys know the one we're talking about. That wasn't a great pay-per-view, but the, all the other AEW pay-per-views or, or, may, or bigger events on Wednesday nights were really good. I've really enjoyed those. Um, but I, I knew that Matthew was going to pick full gear, so I went for WrestleMania. <laughs> and it's pretty much the only WWE pay-per-view that I've really enjoyed this year. And I also love the fact that they split it in half because that mm. thing goes way too long. Yeah. No, great. All right, so uh, next up we've got promo of the year. Uh, I put this in as a late, uh, like, can we do best promo because I needed to give Eddie Kingston an award uh, for a guy that I had not really heard anything about, not seen. Uh, He's so real. He's so raw. uh, And he, you know, he makes you believe that he believes what's going on. And that for me in, you know, a gentleman of kayfabe is very, very important. I want to like. I don't like the the winking at the camera stuff. I like. I like to mm. really believe that this this matters to this person. You know, coming in from, you know, I had to sell my rest. I had to buy my wrestling boots back from a pawn shop, and you know, I need to pay my rent to running a state the Bobby the Brain Heenan style stable of heels. Uh, Eddie Kingston's just every time he's picked up the microphone, he's been engaging, enthralling. In fact. And uh, I just like I, I never want to fast forward or skip when he's talking. Uh, I think that's completely fair. Um, I lied when I said that I don't have any more WWE awards <laughs> to give out. Who you got? I've got two. One is Kenny Omega and Don Callis, basically for their continuing uh, promo over the last <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> Uh, but the the first one uh, on impact in the bus uh, where Don Callis went on about an eight minute rant uh, and I totally fell in love with him. You know, things like, uh, you know, some people make matches, Kenny and I make history. Mm. Uh, you know, it's all kind of lifted from um, Muhammad Ali and, yeah. and people like that. But it's still it's great. And he lifted it from wrestling. So, you know, it's uh, what goes around comes around. Um, Take that out. So I love thief. that. But my, <laughs> I did not call Muhammad Ali. Um, he has said that himself. It's on the record. He said that he loved wrestling and that's where he got a lot of inspiration for his brash style. Um, uh, the other promo that I really loved, and I hate the fact that I keep bringing up WWE, but this was, I actually got emotional watching this uh, promo, was when Becky Lynch handed over the money in the bank Um briefcase to oscar uh and then oscar saw that she got the the women's belt i think it was the raw belt um Mm. and then uh because and said that she was going because she was having a baby and then the reaction from uh from becky lynch and oscar was like real Mm. because they hadn't told her and it was just a really not again deep in the bowels of lockdown it was nice to see people happy <laughs> yeah um especially in wrestling and it's two people that i really love in becky lynch and oscar and it was just a really nice genuine beautiful moment in wrestling that doesn't happen very often uh and really class from becky lynch to make that happen she went to vince and it was her idea um i suppose you got to give credo to the old man for actually taking off on it but yeah um yeah becky and becky and oscar was a, a, a really 
Like I actually sent that to people who don't watch wrestling, mm. and none of them got back to me. But I just thought, <laughs> it, was, I just thought it was such so guys, a nice. So guys, if you're thing, uh, listening, you know? Uh, just you know, feel free to feel free to text Damo back. Uh. No, I don't. I, uh, it happens a lot where I send things to people and no one writes back to me. Oh, you might like this. Nothing. Um, but yeah, so that's uh, yeah, Don Callis at one end of the year and Becky and Oscar at the other end. Yeah, I see. I think we've we've, we've had different interpretations of this um, because I've I've obviously picked a continuous Eddie King, just Eddie Kingston as the best promo, and you've picked uh, oh as the best promo. But, oh, um, right. I didn't even think of that. Yeah. We, okay. Well. Yeah, fuck, I'd probably have to pick Eddie Kingston as well. Um, no one on WWE. Uh, but, yeah, there's a lot of people on AEW. Like, I really like John Moxley promos. I know that they can be a bit cookie-cutter, but there's times where I really like him as a as a promo guy. You know, Sting. It's a little joke because Sting's not very good on the mic. Anyway, <laughs> Cody, Cody's very good. Yeah, Cody's very good. Yeah, I probably should have picked Cody. But anyway, I was thinking of it in, in, in sorry, like no, well, one I, promo, I, I, I would give you my promo of the year, but I would have to actually like put quite a serious uh, amount of thought into because you know you don't want to forget the the my promo yeah. of the year is the Jake Roberts uh, in the in the locker room when uh, Lance Arch is beating people up behind him and then turns him around and, t- and rips open his shirt, the back of his shirt, and he's written something on it. That he's written everybody dies on Jake Roberts' back. That's the best promo of the year. Congratulations. Um, all right, we're going to get into the matches of the year Ooh. now. Uh, best tag match. Proud and Powerful versus Best Friends on Dynamite. Shit. They've got the same thing. <laughs> it is objectively the best tag match of the year. I spent like a lot of time going through Meltzer ratings and stuff, and I was like, there just there was nothing I saw that I enjoyed more than Proud and Powerful versus Best Friends on Dynamite. You know what? I'll go with the Young Bucks versus Butcher and the Blade. Mm. Um, that the, was another one of the one. first shows that they did at Daly's Place where. Butcher, we found out that Butcher and the Blade <laughs> work in the bowels of Daly's place. I love uh, that. That was and great. And you were so excited about me watching that match because you're like, fuck, this is such a Damien match. <laughs> and it was, and I loved it. Um, and that was around the time where I started going, oh, yeah, I get I get the Young Bucks. I didn't like them, but I started to get them. Well, I think it was also around the same time that we were like, holy shit, the Butcher and the Blade are actually great. Like, this yeah, is- these guys are really good. They're really good. Um, more of them, <laughs> which is something I don't think, if you listen to our early episodes, we were like, why a butcher and the blade here? Like no one cares about them, and they uh, made mm. us care. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we've got uh, next up the best female match. This was a really hard one. A women's match, sorry. Um, I should say female. <laughs> this was a really hard one, but I ended up going um, Bailey Sasha Banks at Hell in a Cell. Oh wow. It's a great match. It's just straight up a great match. It's a culmination of a pretty good storyline that was a long-term storyline. Um, it, you know, I think the very few bits of WWE I've watched this year, uh, I've been, you know, I, I've been sort of tuning into them, particularly, you know, I'll check out on YouTube their segments or whatever, just because I wanted to get to the matches where they were, you know, two of the best in the world facing each other. And this paid off. This was excellent, um, in my opinion. Hmm. 
Um, I've got, uh, it's really recent and um, it, it's uh, Priscilla Kelly uh, versus Thunder Rosa uh, on, well, on NWA Shockwave 3, but it also was on primetime mm. wrestling. I don't know if anyone besides me who has watched those primetime <laughs> NWA specials. Um, it, it is genuinely a fantastic uh, just a fantastic match. It goes for about 15 minutes. They beat the living shit out of each other, and I instantly fell in love with Priscilla Kelly as a as a wrestler on the basis of this. Um, I spoke about it on the NWA Shockwave, short-lived mm. NWA Aftershock podcast that we do, <laughs> um, where I think I said on that podcast is one of my favorite matches of the year, and it, it's turned out to be my favorite women's match of the year. Um, and, like, man, Anything that Thunder Rose is in is, is going to be at the top of my... Yeah, that's a great match. I love her so much. That's the rare match where you were like, hey, you've got to watch this. And I did, and it was great. Yeah, I don't I don't usually bother Matt with NWA stuff, <laughs> but that was... I was like, this is seriously fucking good. Um, and then so we've got the male match of the year, or men's match of the year. Kenny Omega versus Adam Page at full gear is my pick. Um... I tried to come up with a second match, and I could not. My pick is also Kenny Omega versus Adam Page uh, at full gear. It's a hard one because, as we said, it has been sort of an underwhelming pay-per-view year, and that's sort of where, you know, what, what you consider a great match is is you know that and like i you know i'm slightly disappointed that i sort of thought that moxley uh omega might be you know the match of the year but i think because of it, it just didn't it, it was very good but it wasn't as good as this um you know there was a long build to this um there was a lot of pathos um there was a great storyline and they told it in the ring and it was probably the first time in AEW that you've looked at Kenny omega and been like oh Best bout machine. Hello. Yeah. Yeah, hundred percent. It was um yeah, it was the sort of, you know, coming out, um or you know, breakout coming out. Breakout match for Kenny Omega, which is weird because it's Kenny Omega and everyone knows how good he is. Um but yeah, just kind of, you know, by his own admission, hadn't sort of broken through in AEW for some reason, but 100% has now. And I think that match was the and also the beginning of it. You know, AEW is going to have the, the biggest moment in AEW, if everything is done well, is going to be in a year and a half when Adam Page defeats Kenny Omega for the title after Kenny Omega has been unstoppable and cheated and done all this kind of stuff, uh, you know this match needs to happen to get to that match in a long time. And it's just great. Like, it's great. It was, it was great to watch and, you know, it, it will be, it, it, it keeps excitement up for future bouts. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred percent. Um, all right. We're into the big, big three, big three. Yeah. Uh, We'll start with best tag team of the year. The Young Bucks. I just couldn't see uh, any other tag team that had the same level of impact. Like, I think there was a brief period of time where FTR could have, you know, if they, but, they, but they've sort of, you know, not been as consistent, not been as visible. And, you know, the Young Bucks are 
playing better heels than FTR did. Um, you know, maybe next year's FTR's year, but this year's the Young Bucks year. Yeah, I've gone with the Young Bucks as well. And trust me, listeners, I tried to find every possible way to not give these motherfuckers an award, um, but you just can't. They There's, uh, you know, any of the best matches in AEW throughout the course of the year, they're in them. Uh, you know, I mean, Matt nominated them as their as as his heel, uh, heel you know, turn of the year. Um, they were in my favorite tag match of the year. They're, you know, uh, I mean, it's kind of half a joke of me hating the Young Bucks. They're they're an amazing team. Um, and I, I literally couldn't. I th- I thought about putting FTR in there. I thought about putting Hangman Page and um, Kenny Omega in there, seeing that they were champions for so long. Even best friends, um, you know, I didn't bother putting a WWE team in there because there's already way too many winners from WWE on my side of the card, but um, I couldn't go past the Young Bucks, unfortunately. Well, not unfortunately, but you know what I mean. Yeah. I didn't want it. I don't like giving Matt and... Uh, <laughs> what's the other one's name? Nick. Nick. Credit. Well, the, the I think that shows that they've definitely been the best, like the fact that you feel that way even. Um yeah. Yeah, well, I'm trying to be reasonable, but I'm not happy about it. I'm not happy about it. <laughs> uh, best female wrestler? Britt Baker. She started the year as, uh, you know, completely, uh, you know, this painful baby face that was disinteresting. Then she got interest- Then she got injured and became the best thing on AEW. And, like, despite the fact that both Bailey and Sasha at times this year had been the best thing in WWE, I think Britt um, was the... There was a period of time where AEW was sort of creatively just sort of floating and, you know, doing good things, but Britt was the most exciting and different thing on AEW. And that was a surprise. And, you know, I think uh, she deserves it and I think she will continue to be great. Yeah, uh, you guys can't see that, but I was nodding my head to almost to everything that Matt just said about Britt Baker. Um, I, I mean, I think both of our female choices are probably pretty obvious for anyone who listens to the show. Uh, mine's Thunder Rosa. Um, Great choice for, in the sense of like, you, for the majority of the year she had nowhere to wrestle, and then just out of nowhere, uh, AW and NWA are doing business together, um, and she represented the nwa in an amazing way um she kind of injected this um i don't know not that i was gonna say quality to the women's Mm. division that wasn't there at the time because Britt baker was injured but um and i didn't want to be rude to people like sheeta or anything but there was this just like oh holy shit this is she's playing on a whole other Mm. level um, and it was interesting for me as an NWA power fan to see her on AEW and not only hold her own, but almost be like the mm. the benchmark of the women's division. Um, she lost her belt to Serena Deep in NWA, which is I'm not sure what that's about. But anyway, um, but yeah, she's still she looks like she's about to have a feud with Britt Baker. So we might not talk to each other uh 
Yes. <laughs> going forward. We will, There's going to be some interesting conversations on our Dynamite show. We will become <laughs> true forward. enemies. There'll be two Dynamite shows. There'll be, a, a you know, your 20 minutes and my 20 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Hollywood and Wolfpack. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, for, for Thunder Rosa to, you know... She's a bolter, right? Like, I mean, you wouldn't... There's no... Halfway through the year, if someone had said, like, oh, you'll pick Thunder Rosa yeah. as your female wrestler of the year, I'd be like, eh, it's probably... It's either Britt Baker or Bailey. Mm. It's one of those two. But, um, yeah, Thunder Rosa it is. It's a great, absolutely great call. Um, fuck, we're at the end, man. We're at the... We got... We got... Best male wrestler of the... We got promotion of the year, too. We got... We got... We got a couple. Oh, we do. We do. Um, was, do we want to do pro- promotion of the year now and then male wrestler last? Or What do you want to do? I think it's hugely sexist if we do yeah. male. But let's do male and then promotion. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, who have you got as male? Kenny Omega. Male wrestler. It's pretty hard to... Why? Uh... <laughs> I'm joking. It's it's. I'm I mean, joking, I feel yeah. like we've said I've said so much about Kenny. Um, I just can't yeah. believe, given the start of this year, I sort of thought, you know, that he was not all that. You know, that that, that maybe there wasn't all that much gas left in the tank, and maybe yeah. he's not that interesting, and maybe like as a pure in ring performer, he's great, but maybe his personality's lacking. Um, he's great. He's the best male wrestler of this year. Um, by an absolute country mile, I would say. Who who you got? I have Kenny Omega as well. Um, you mark, but I do have someone I want to mention. If that's okay, no, uh, sorry, Drew sorry, no, 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 it's not okay. <laughs> well, I just uh, Drew McIntyre. Uh, like, I yeah. feel really sorry for Drew McIntyre yeah. because he he is a great champion. I love him. Hmm. Uh, he is. One of the six or seven people in WWE that I'm, you know, interested to watch when a pay per view comes around, and he, you know, it, hopefully, you know, vaccinations are rolling out, people start going back to wrestling shows, and he'll get, he will pop. You know, people love him. Yes. But there's been this whole the whole time he's been champion, there's you know, ratings are falling, and there's no crowds, and blah blah. And you know, you get people comparing him to Diesel as one of the worst world champions and stuff like that, which is just mm. bullshit. But I mean, I um, am excited for him to join Sheamus a week after Sheamus debuts on Dynamite uh, to uh, to and and they uh, announce a, a secret third man that will help them defeat uh, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, and one of the Young Bucks. <laughs> but sure. Uh. That would be awesome. <laughs> um, Miro can join that. It'll be. Um, It'll be what's it called? The United Nations order they call yeah, themselves that's right. NATO. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that um, there's no. But Drew McIntyre is fantastic, and he's, yeah. he just seems like you know he's so comfortable in the role now, mm. and and just seems like a fucking rad guy. Like, it just seems like a really nice dude whenever you see him <laughs> interviewed and stuff. And so, I just wanted to you know I think Kenny Omega by far. I actually would have Kenny Omega and then John Moxley and then Drew McIntyre as as third as the male wrestler mm. of the year, but. I just wanted to give him a shout out because it feels like some of the commentary compared to like how fans feel are completely disconnected on Drew McIntyre. Yeah. But at least at least WWE for their part are seeing that, you know, he is he is a talent. Because when mm. Randy Orton beat him, I was like, Oh fuck, well here we go. We'll never hear of Drew McIntyre ever again. Yes. Um 
but yeah, he's still he's done a really good job in a very difficult year. And the same thing for John Moxley as well, holding that AEW belt for the majority of the year with very few crowds and mm. and you know it, it must it must have been difficult for all of the guys, yeah, throughout the course of the year to be doing wrestling when there's no crowds and crowds are so integral to mm. to what they do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, this is it. Promotion of the year. Our last one. What well, you know, this is pretty exciting. Um, so <laughs> I think we will have different. Do you think the listeners are like, I wonder what they're going to pick? Or they're like, just say AEW and get the fuck out of here. <laughs> well, AEW is not my pick. Oh, holy shit. I've picked uh, for promotion of the year for 2020, I've picked Impact Wrestling. Oh, wow. So I have a reason. Congratulations, Impact. I have. I Do you want to explain I have yourself a reason. here, Kayfabe? Uh, first of all, like, you know, AEW sort of trade water. Uh, and they did some great things, but like you know, they sort of are where they are. WWE did the opposite, and it, WWE is yeah, drowning. They are not doing well. Impact started the year as like lol TNA, like the internet joke. No, no one was paying any attention to them. They weren't even in the hundred and fifty top rating rated shows. So they. They, they, they didn't. Even, we don't even know what they were rated as because they weren't in the top one hundred and fifty shows for that night that they aired. Uh, now they're one hundred and twenty third at the end of the year, which is you know not great, but it's way better than being unranked. Uh, they started the year with a female world heavyweight champion in Tessa Blanchard, which is pretty fucking mm-hmm. cool. Uh, the heavyweight title pitcher at the moment, if uh, is three African American wrestlers, which I don't think has ever happened before in a televised major televised promotion. No, I wouldn't have thought so. And uh, for the last few weeks, they've had the AEW World Champion, uh, you know, coming on uh, their show, talking. Uh, he's become integral in storylines. He uh, is going to wrestle on their next pay per view. If you had have said Kenny Omega will be wrestling for Impact by the end of twenty twenty. Uh, at the start of 2020, like what it's actually unfathomable that this has happened. Hmm. Um, yeah. So, so that's my that's my that's my pick. Yeah. Wow. I did not expect that. I've been completely swerved, bro. Yep. I did. I hit you with a chair. <laughs> I, I hit you with a microphone thrown by Don Callis. Oh no! <laughs> God damn it! Yeah. Um, I'm bloody sting. I'm too trusting. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> um, I, I'm I'm gonna go with AEW. Um, there's no way I'm giving it. I've given every other bloody award to <laughs> WWE. I'm not giving this one. Um, I, I, each week, you know, and I think a lot of it is because um, I mean, there there is the element of like we do this podcast together and we get to talk about Dynamite, and and it, that's awesome. I love it, but there is there is now. You know, I basically the last time that I was excited about watching Raw or SmackDown was the Punk Brian era, and, and I know I joke like people tease me about bringing them up all the time, but it was because there was like a 12, 18, well, 18 month period where I was legitimately excited to get home and watch wrestling. Yeah, and then that stopped, and I kept watching wrestling, and it's only really been since Dynamite's come back. 
uh, into the scene where I felt that way again. And especially this year, um, as much as I've enjoyed Impact, and there's been moments, obviously, of WWE that I've enjoyed earlier in the year, Dynamite's been so consistent. AEW's been so consistent with their booking, uh, the talent that they've brought in. Mm. And then in the second half of the year, have shown that they get what was important about the territory system in working with NWA and now Impact. Um, and just just little things like uh, pushing like Sunny Kiss with Joey Janela, mm. um, you know, just things that I don't know. I don't. They just wouldn't happen on on WWE. Yeah. Um, and now I'm at a point where, like, you know, I mean, AEW made me sign up to get an Impact pass. Mm. You know what I mean? It's only because of Warhorse having a match against Cody Rhodes that I've come across Danhausen and now have a bloody honor club mm. thing as well. Like they, they're not just. Um, they're the Chris Jericho promotions. They're hugely unselfish. <laughs> they're they're putting other promotions over, and I think the people who love uh, AEW will love them even more for that. Mm. I know I do. Um, and yeah, I can't. You know, every week I can't wait to see um what they've done. Dark probably could be a bit shorter, a little bit shorter. Two hours this week, guys. Seriously. <laughs> um, but besides that. It's my only criticism is dark is too long. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I, there, I, there's been very few moments mm. where I've not enjoyed watching AEW this year. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would give them a, a solid second to Impact Wrestling. <laughs> I love the fact that you've picked Impact Wrestling, man. I don't, I, like, I agree with you. I think, like, they've done amazing, they've done amazing things. And, you know, it shows that the people who are in charge of both Impact and uh, AW are, are very like mm. like minded, and it's great that you've got people who are running AW Impact, Ring of Honor, uh, NWA are all sort of thinking the same way that we should be supporting each other because yeah, wrestling needs it. Who would have thought I mean, at the start of this year that would be like, wow, more people need to think like Billy Corgan? Uh. <laughs> you would have, I would have. <laughs> what would Billy do? There's a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> open a tea shop in chicago and tweet about chemtrails um, <laughs> that's the back of the t-shirt <laughs> um all right man well i hope this was entertaining for you for for the guys i know matt and i love doing it yeah no we're gonna do one of Except- these every week now so <laughs> <laughs> except for my um mandy and otis you, the look on Matt's face when I said it was utter disgust. I've never seen him so un, un, unhappy with one of my opinions. It's it's <laughs> not that I'm unhappy. It's that I'm after this. I'm going to contact your family and have like your like personal rights taken away from you and have you sectioned because um, clearly something's not right and like I want to intervene early. Um, Just got a big heart, man. Just love, love. Yeah, well, we're going to see how much you love shock therapy. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, um, (laughs) Fair enough. That's probably fair. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, we should... uh, (laughs) should You just described an invasive, uh, horrible uh, 
th- mental health treatment that doesn't work and is discredited as probably fair because of you sharing an honest opinion. <laughs> yeah, but I I did say that Otis and Man was my favorite <laughs> wrestling storyline of the year. So, you know, I can understand <laughs> your um yeah. where you're coming from oh, as well. I can you. see both sides of the story. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. <laughs> you know, it's a- um, all right, dude, let's finish this up. This is so much fun. It's been a great year. We've got even more stuff happening next year, man. Yeah, we do. We're starting ECW. Well, actually, we, we've got... Well, it kind of evens out because the NWA show is now dead. Thanks, <laughs> NWA. And uh, But it will be replaced by our ECW monthly show that we will have out sometime in January. Mm. Exciting. I'm excited. It is exciting. Um, no, I'm super excited because I don't know anything about it. So I'm looking forward to being... Just absolutely, like I have, I'll have no idea. So, um, and Matt will, Matt will be in charge of that. He'll be hosting it, and I'll just be sitting there going, "Oh yeah, it was fun. I loved it." I'm the, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to be the face in this one. I'm going to, I'm going to be poking Damo's eyes and raking his back. <laughs> Good. I've had this itch right at the base of my <laughs> back for ages. I live in my own. I can't get. I just can't get to it. Anyway, um, let's go. Let's go. Goodbye. That was the year that was. Until next year, brother friends, Pepe's dead. Enjoy your wolfies. (laughs) Christmas wolfies.